the property pod. Pod. pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello welcome to the property pod south africa's top property industry podcast brought to you by moneyweb my name is Suren Naidu, and on this fortnightly show, we chat to leading executives, analysts, and developers in South Africa's expansive property sector. Today's guest is a construction entrepreneur who has made the move into the commercial property sector over the last decade or two. He's one of the brainchilds behind a massive multi-billion rand industrial and commercial property development a stone's throw away from Kinshaka International Airport and Dubai Trade Port. That's the Dubai Trade Port SEZ, north of Durban. His name is Gavin Stradom, a partner and developer of Whetstone Business Park. I first met him uh, like 15 years ago while being a reporter at the Mercury and he was a regional chair of the Master Builders Association at the time. He's built quite a repertoire in the property industry over the years. Gavin, it's been a while. Welcome to the Property Pod. Thank you, Siren, and thanks for having me. Gavin, give us some historical context. How did the Western Park development come into being and how are you involved? Maybe you want to expand on who are the other partners in the project. Yes, that's quite an interesting story, Suren. So many years ago, back in 2008, 2009, and that was prior to the establishment of the King Chaka International Airport, uh, AXA at that point called for expressions of interest, which involved, you know, the design of the airport, the construction of the airport, and also the facilities management of the airport. And uh, eventually, Two consortiums were shortlisted by AXA for consideration since, you know, each tenderer was to be compensated for the design component of the tender. AXA wanted to own the two design proposals up front, which I thought was pretty clever. So they shortlisted about nine expressions of interest down to two, and the two of us were paid for our designs. I was part of the Grinnaker Consortium. And um, I was also the uh, BE partner at the time. Unfortunately, we did not win the tender, but because of my intimate knowledge of the site development plans and the road layouts, I became interested in where the proposed airport drive was to intersect with the R102, which is a regional road that connects you know, a whole lot of little towns like Bedlam and Tongart and Phoenix and north of Durban. So, yeah, I was interested in that intersection. I thought, you know, if I discovered where that intersection was going to be, that piece of land next door might end up being quite a a valuable piece of land eventually. So I recall, you know, driving around on a Sunday, you know, with my wife and my my sister. (laughs) It was a Sunday afternoon. And in the car we had, in our little car, it was many years ago, so in our little car we had all these plans and et cetera, et cetera. And I eventually interpolated from these plans and from these site development uh, plans where this intersection was going to be. It was a bit of, you know, guesswork at the time, but, but you know, educated guesswork. And then when I felt I'd uh, identified the position, I immediately looked across the road and said to my sister, 
please, she worked for me at the time. I said to her, please, uh, Barbara, go along and, and, and visit this farmer tomorrow, Monday, and see, you know, if he has perhaps an interest in selling the farm. And my sister went along and met the farmer the following day. He didn't own the farm. He was a tenant. And uh, he then gave my sister the owner's details. And of course, that very Monday, I called the owner and uh, made acquaintance with him. And I said to him, I'm interested in buying your farm. But to cut a long story short, I thought, you know what I'd do? I would double the price of the value of farmland at the time. And and so, yeah, he was a seasoned uh, chartered accountant. Um, and when I gave him the value, he said to me, he asked me if I was feeling well, you know, is something wrong with you or, you know, something like that. And I said to him, no, you know, I just, I love this property. And then eventually he said to me, you know, I must place the offer in writing, which I did. And of course, he accepted the offer and the rest is history. And uh, yeah, I said to my partners at the time, I said, you know what, if the airport did not materialize, I would, you know, build some low income housing, perhaps, and at least get our money back. I might not have made extensive profits or any profits for that matter, but at least we'd get our money back. But I said to my partners, you know, if the airport did go ahead, we would be in good stead uh, with this uh, farm. It was about 330,000 squares, 33 hectares at the time. And so then six months later, the airport was announced, the go-ahead was announced. And I remember receiving a call from the, the owner saying to me, he was quite an old elderly gentleman, and he said to me, Gavin, my boy, I think you have vision. I must congratulate you. So, yeah, that's how the land eventually was... was uh, uh, put into our portfolio. So it was pretty much your insight to buy the land. But who are your partners and maybe give some insight on who else is involved in this project? Yes, I've got three partners and we are all three equal partners. The first partner is a guy by the name of Yunus Aku, very well known. He's the owner of Mercedes-Benz and all the franchises out in KZN and also many of them in, in South Africa. The other is Rafik Mohammed, who is the owner of ProRoof and numerous other companies. And yeah, it's just the three of us. And um, we've been together now for um, just on 15 or 16 years. And yeah, all goes well in this partnership. Talking about Whetstone Business Park itself, how big is the development in terms of scale and overall investment value? And where is the project sitting from a development perspective at the moment? Okay, so we've grown our land footprint. So that farm that I introduced the conversation with was the first piece of land that we bought. We call that phase one. We've subsequently bought three other neighboring properties, you know, over the period. So we have a total of four farms or and 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 we've identified them as four phases but altogether um, these land footprints the parent property land footprints come in at about 815,000 squares we're hoping to to reach a million squares so we're still in the market to buy something else to get to a million squares but currently we're sitting on about 815,000 squares and Seren generally you know I sacrifice about 10 to 30 percent of the the land footprint for roads and pavements and landscaping and retaining structures and stuff like that so generally we harvest 
of the 815, we'll probably harvest about 600,000 squares of platform, which effectively will give me about 600,000 squares of bulk. And this will translate um, to a total development value of about 6.6 billion rand. You asked, where are we at the moment? So phase one, the infrastructure and bulk services are all in already. Um, the roads are all in, uh, the platforms are all cut. It's 100% done. Phase two, the infrastructure and platforms are about 60% done. And uh, we are still to open ground on um, phase three and phase four. So currently we're working on phase one and uh, phase two, um, which effectively, you know, takes us up to about uh, 500,000 squares. So we've got a very, very big land footprint that we're working on. Currently we have massive yellow plant, massive, massive dump trucks and the, the like on phase two at the moment. So there's a ton of activity um, that's happening on site at the moment. Well, it's it's good to hear that considering some of the challenges uh, beside COVID, uh, which is a global issue, but, you know, the KZN riots and the flooding last year. So it's it's quite a positive story. Whetstone Business Park is one of the closest and biggest pieces of privately owned land next to the airport, SEZ, and is part of the greater Dubai Aerotropolis precinct. How important is this aspect, the Aerotropolis concept, for your development and its future? Um, Very, very important. Um, Suren, being next to the airport and within the Aerotropolis, obviously the airport is a national key point. So we immediately benefit out of, you know, security measures and things like that. I'll give you an example. When we had the riots in June um, last year, you know, the airport was heavily uh, secured by the national government and the local government and uh, major presence of police and army, you know, to maintain and keep safe this national key point. So being right next door, you know, we benefit out of all of that spillover of security. Another very important thing is that the the road network at around uh, King Chaka, especially prior to the World Cup, all was upgraded. Airport Drive, the R102, the N2. So we enjoy a brand new, beautiful, wide berth of road network. And with that comes um, some nice infrastructure. I can't say all infrastructure is beautiful. We do suffer with sewer issues down in Durban. So I have to you know, exclude that one as being super duper, but every other part of the infrastructure around the airport is 100%. So, yeah, we benefit out of all of that uh, type of element. And um, also, you know, the Aerotropolis is the future of Durban. It's a massive, massive, massive precinct that will be bigger than Amplanga. You know, it will have shopping centers, universities, schools, residential components, um, you know, a lot of uh, education facilities, a lot of warehousing, retail. So it's a whole city of its own. And uh, that is where everybody will ultimately be directed to going forward. And so to me, it's the future of Durban, and we are the first to develop in this precinct. In fact, the the Minister of uh, Economic Development said to me uh, sometime last year, he'd like to actually, you know, 
go onto the media and say to the people, hey, yes, Gavin, he's the first to develop in the Aerotropolis and in the hope that he would draw other, you know, interested parties to come by and, and grow the precinct. So I believe it's it's the future of Durban and couldn't be a better place to be. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that uh, one of our first guests when we started this podcast was uh, Hamish Erskine, the CEO of Dubai Tradeport. And in that long interview talking about the developments within the SEZ itself, he mentioned, you know, his excitement around Whetstone Business Park at the time because they want investors even beyond the actual SEZ. So... Yeah, uh, he was uh, quite excited about that development at the time. And I sat back and waited until I got this interview with you. So thanks for that insight, Gavin. Talking about interest, has there been interest? Have you secured investors into, which pretty much is largely industrial and commercial, but I see on your Facebook page and other information you've supplied that there are other elements which makes it a mixed-use development as well. That is correct, um, Siren. So, yes, we do have uh, multiple measures of interest. Um, I'll probably mention some of the bigger ones. We've secured the Boxer Cash and Carry Distribution Center, DC. So, Boxers come along and they've taken up about 82,000 square meters of platform. So, it's quite a huge development. And uh, we're very proud to have um, that successful entity within our precinct. We also have um, Frimax uh, chips, the guys who make the, the, the corn chips and et cetera, et cetera. They've also purchased an 80,000 square meter site. So, you know, those developments um, are going to be massive, just the two of them on their own. Many other smaller ones, you know, 30,000 square meter purchases, 20,000, 10,000. We've got a, a Shell Petroport. This is going to be something special. It's going to be sited on a 12,000 square meter piece of land. Uh, We've got uh, seven islands. We've got two drive-throughs. So you come along and on the one wing, there's a drive-through. On the other wing, there's another drive-through. And, um, you know, we've got truck stops and and, uh, tire fitment centers and, and, you know, mechanical repair shops all on this 12,000 square meter footprint in this petrol port. Sort of a one-stop, you know, shop. If if you coming along, get your car washed, get your car serviced, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It is also designed for the future, in terms of uh, you know charging stations for electric vehicles. So we're quite excited about this petrol port. Uh, that will be a nice uh, go-to place in this precinct. Yes, you're right. Um, we have a mixed-use zones, so we've got a combination of retail, hotel, warehouse, offices, and we have takers in all these areas, and uh, we're quite excited to see the progress. Sounds fascinating about how the development rollout will go. Talking about that, when is the overall project anticipated to be complete? You know, you've got some major investors. Boxer, as you know, is owned by Jersey Listed Pick and Pay. Yes. Going back to, you know, there are the, all these initial investors, but the overall project, when is it expected to be complete? So my expected completion date is uh, around about 2027. You know, give and take, um, you know, a bit of rain, weather, difficult, you know, conditions. But yeah, 2027 is what I'm aiming for. Gavin, very exciting project there. And I know you're involved in other developments. But before you go, tell us who is Gavin Stradom? How did you get into property? 
I understand, as I mentioned in the intro, that you're a self-made construction and now property entrepreneur, and you're one of the most successful black property moguls in KZN. I'm going to just label it as it is. Yeah, thank you for the comment. Um, I was schooled in KZN. I also studied at uh, University of Natal at the time. That's what it was called. Um, I read a degree in quantity surveying uh, at uh, Natal University. And also I have a project management uh, qualification. I worked in the construction industry um, immediately after university. I worked for Halson Morgan and Fabon, which was quite a big entity at the time for about five years. I then also moved on to, to JT Ross and spent about five years at JT Ross. Of course, you know, at HMV, I always had the, the issue with my uh, directors. We would build these beautiful buildings on the beachfront. We, we built most of the high-rise buildings on the beachfront. And I would always say to my directors, when are we going to – we build these beautiful buildings, but when are we going to keep the key? I, I, I just had that, that hunger, that thirst to keep the key. And, you know, my directors then just did not have that desire. Obviously, there was enough money to be made at the time. You know, 20, 30 years ago, our markups in construction was like 15% compared to today, which is like down at 4 or 5%. So at 15%, you know, there was enough money rolling through the tolls. So there was no need, I suppose, for the directors then to be concerned about, you know, keeping the key. But I just had this desire to keep the key. Eventually, I got fed up with all these companies. And I said to my dad, who operated a very small building company in Peter Marisberg, I said, Dad, you know, I was part of the success of these companies. I helped to develop these companies. And if I could do that in these companies, surely I can do it for your little company, which was called Edstan, still called Edstan at the time. And I convinced my dad to come from Peter Maritzburg to Durban. And I said to him, come, let me see what I can do with your company. So we ran along with this construction company and opened up a small development division. And then eventually it just grew and grew and grew. You know, my dad's end product was phenomenal. You know, the quality, you know, the whole concept of delivery on time and within budget. So we had very good people like Eunice, who my dad used to work for. My dad introduced me to Eunice. I didn't make that connection myself. And they were impressed. And eventually we did work and work and Eunice was impressed. And eventually Eunice became my partner in development. And from that point, when Eunice came on board, then it grew exponentially at that point to the point where we are now. So, yeah, a very nice journey, uh, delivering a good product, impressing people for the right reason, and, yeah, success down the line. Well, just for our uh, listeners, rather, Eunice Aku, as Gavin mentioned, owns the Mercedes dealerships in KZN, but uh, he was one of the B partners for Barlow World, and he since then bought out Barlow World. So he's quite a big player, but also below the radar in KZN. But Gavin, thanks so much for your time. I know you have a number of other projects on the go and uh, some projects that you've developed over the years. And maybe we'll catch up at another time when you have a, a new big development or maybe do an update on Whetstone Business Park. Thanks so much for your time. That was Gavin Stradom, co-developer and partner behind the Whetstone Business Park development in KZN. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. Brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. 
To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Seren on Twitter at Seren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. 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 MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.